0: This is Life-Changing Moments, a podcast from RTE2FM. Sometimes one decision, one action, one moment can take your life in a different direction. In this episode, we'll hear about Clara's unusual experience in foster care and how Ailish tapped back into a childhood passion to open up a new chapter in her life. First, though, is Tammy's story.
1: I'm Tammy, I'm 22, nearly 23, and I grew up in Finglas in Dublin. I was born to two parents who were struggling with addiction. So I grew up with my father's mother, Me nanny took me in. I always felt other My nanny, she did great, but maybe my clothes and my hair weren't like other little kids' clothes and hair. I always have struggled with skill. I was constantly getting taken into arts, therapy, behavior, therapy. I was always talking to somebody and I hit the stage at about maybe 15. I was like, I'm not talking to anybody anymore. I couldn't be arsed. I've done it my whole life and I just feel like I have to keep telling the same story. Obviously nothing's changing. I'd always done therapy with women. Women probably from a different class group than me own, a bit more middle class. They spoke differently to how I spoke. When I was in secondary school, towards the latter end, TY onwards, I kind of stopped going to school. And then one day I was, I was in school, the vice principal had asked me to go see this guy, Charlie. And I was like, no. And she was like, please, just go and see him once, please. So get out me back, I'll go see him. I sat there shaking like a leaf, like I actually was jittering, like it was horrible. I was expecting to walk into this room and see this kind of grey, old, haggard guy. And I went in and it was just a normal fella, young, black hair. And he was like, what's the story? And I was like, never seen anybody like this to do therapy. A working class man, somebody who spoke like me, somebody who coursed like me. I felt safe. I often felt at times doing therapy in the past that maybe I'd get in trouble for saying something or me nanny would get in trouble. And with Charlie, like, I knew by him that he had had life experiences similar to mine maybe, and that it's okay to talk about things. We kind of just talked about basic things going on, why you're not going to school, and him recommending self-help books, him recommending podcasts. He said, will you come see me next week? And I was like, all right, like... And through that, the school kind of got me to go back to school because I'd go see Charlie's on Tuesday, so I'd be in on Tuesdays. He kind of started convincing me to sit to leave and see it, which I absolutely was not going to do because I just didn't see it in my future. I was aiming for 100 points. I know that sounds like absolutely nothing to some people. But I was saying to myself, if I get 100 points, I am going to be delighted. Like, I will flip out of school. And when I got my results on today, I got two hundred and fourteen points. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, I got double. What is going on? And I remember the principal. I was chatting to him, and he was like, look at you. You did it. Like I just felt so proud. And I felt like I did him right. So I did a QQI Level 5 in Youth and Community Studies in the Liberties College and it was amazing, it was a brilliant course. Learning about youth work, learning about young people, learning about addiction, things that affect my family and I was engulfed by it, I was like I love this, this is amazing. And I went in every day, so I loved it and then I went to Spain in the summer. My auntie texts me saying there's a letter there for you and he opened the letter and they were like, oh my God, and I was like, what? What's going on? And you were like, you're after getting 10 distinctions. What? Started crying on a boat trip in the middle of Spain. For the first time in my life, I suppose, I felt that I was capable of doing something and doing good at something. Fair play to Tammy. Next, we'll hear from Clara. My
0: name is Clara, I'm 26, and I'm a qualified social worker. I was put into foster care by my birth mum. She was quite young when she had me, so she made the really difficult decision to put me into foster care. My parents now, Ruth and Seamus, they'd never fostered a kid before, and they got the call, like, a couple of weeks before Christmas, to say that there was this little girl that needed somewhere to live, and they came down to meet me. So they decided they liked me, <laughs> and I went to live with them on the 19th of December. I remember like the buzz and the excitement coming into the house, and them just being so excited to have me. And like I remember going into this bedroom, them be like, "This is your room," and felt like that same excitement as you'd have like when a new baby's born into a family. Like it didn't matter that I was already this little bossy three-year-old walking around the place. They were just so happy to have me join the family and I'd been with my foster family for like 13 years Ruth and Seamus were mum and dad I was just fully a part of their family I remember asking them why don't you just adopt me because I wasn't on a care order I was like in voluntary care so my birth mom, it was her decision to put me into care and my parents said like they did really want to adopt me but it just the consent wasn't there when I was younger. But when I was 16, I decided to meet my birth mum. I had seen her like on and off over the years, but I decided to ask her, so I met up with her, and I said that I wanted to be adopted by my foster parents, and she wasn't happy. I remember it really clearly, and like I don't like to focus on the negative, but I remember being in Dublin and her getting really annoyed now as an adult i see her side more like even though she wasn't able to care for me full time like i was always her daughter and i always i always kind of will be but she understood that that's what i wanted she agreed to sign the consent for that I'd lived with my parents for 13, 14 years at this stage, but they were going to have to go through the exact same process as if I was a stranger, like a brand new baby coming to live with them. So I remember like social workers coming out and having to check the garden was secure and like, did the freezer have a lock? And like all this stuff felt like such a arbitrary thing, but it also was like a really good indicator of like how unique my situation was. You have to go in and meet, like, the adoption authorities. And I remember, like, myself and my foster parents and my mum Ruth and my dad, Seamus, kind of went in. Kind of an exciting day for everyone, but it was kind of nervous at the same time because I think this was the final stamp. So, like, you got through this whole process. Then it came to kind of the last question, and they were like, "Okay, what's your name going to be? My foster parents had always been so supportive of where I'd come from, and even though I didn't always have a huge amount of contact with my birth family, the reason I existed was because of them. So I kind of hyphenated it and have the two names in it, my birth mum's surname and my foster family's surname. And then we were in that room for about one minute and I was like, okay, there you go. But it was like official. It felt amazing. Not that many people are with one foster family for so long and then are accepted so much into a family that they actually become adopted. Like, it's really unique. I think I was one of two people that was adopted from foster care the year that I was adopted. When you think about my day-to-day life, like, not a huge amount changed, but when it came to, like, how I felt, the feeling of belonging and the feeling of acceptance and legally being a part of my family, like, that feeling was amazing. Our last story of this episode of Life Changing Moments comes from Ailish.
2: I started doing drama when I was seven. What I really enjoyed about doing drama was the opportunity to be creative, but also to meet your friends every week, that kind of social circle as well. When I was doing my Leaving Cert, I was kind of given a choice of, do I continue to do drama or do I pursue another career path altogether? So I was looking at my career in theater and I just thought, this is not a reliable career. So I decided to pursue a career in finance (laughs) and accounting, which is kind of like the opposite. But yeah, I wanted to get a desk job, know where my next pay slip was coming from have a bit of security have a bit of stability I felt so out of my depth I felt like incredibly stressed I was trying to learn just studying at nights and I felt quite isolating because when you're studying part-time and working full-time your social life does take a dive it just took a toll and I just said you know what Wouldn't it be great to open myself up again to maybe going back and doing something creative? I had looked at the Day School of Acting and they had a course in public speaking or like to do stand-up comedy. And I said, well, what's wrong with setting aside time each week to make someone laugh and to laugh? For 10 weeks, a bunch of people sign up and they write jokes and stories and they perform it in front of each other with the objective to performing in front of their friends and family at the very end. I had arrived in on my first day. The feeling did feel like coming home, just being truly excited, truly happy, creative, and that energy. At the end of the Gayety School comedy course and the friends and family that came to the gig, they said, you know, you should try this again. You should do this again. It's easy to get a bit of bias in the room when your friends and family are there and they say, oh, you're great. I decided to sign up for an open mic very secretly. I think an audience of strangers will give you an honest reaction. So I showed up on my own, I was shaking in my boots. The whole time I was just like, what am I doing here? I was called up on stage and I told one of my jokes and the room just boomed with laughter. It was such a great feeling of something that I had worked on and written. And then for people to enjoy it and people to relate to it was a fantastic feeling. And then one of the photographers took a photo of me. But when I saw the photo of me on stage, I've never seen myself smile like that before. I looked at my face and I said, if something makes me smile like that, keep doing it. And at that gig, I was approached to do another one and approached and approached. And sooner or later, I was doing nearly five gigs a week. It just keeps going. If I've learned anything from this, it was that anybody who put that hobby on the shelf, like that thing that they loved when they were younger, that they kind of turned their back on. If they're kind of on the fence going, should I do that again? Go for it. It's completely changed my life for the better. Life-changing
1: moments on RTE 2FM.
2: That's all for this
0: edition of Life-Changing Moments. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more in-depth versions of these stories, with more coming soon.